Welcome to the Red Letters Podcast. In this podcast, we will explore topics that can be life transforming while delivering a message of hope. Thank you for joining us for this week's uh, podcast with Red Letters. Uh, we just want to welcome you and thank you for tuning in. And hopefully this podcast is enriching your life some way, somehow. Uh, but today we're going to go ahead and uh, kind of chew on a topic that uh, can be really helpful in life, but I think uh, more so in a family environment. And that's how do you process a conversation with your, your family and or kids and or within a marriage? Why we chose this topic is just a few minutes ago, we started engaging in a conversation and and I just think that pro how you process a conversation is very important, like I said, in life and how you kind of sift through a conversation to turn around and try to find out if there's solutions or if it's just um, thoughts that you're bringing to the table and how do you get from possibly a frustrating situation or a, a rough topic to start talking about between like a husband and wife or children and the parents and how do you process that to where you actually see some resolution i think that's so important because many times if we don't hit the resolution that conversation or that relationship just uh what do you call it there's frustration that just stays there because we don't know how to uh, kind of like let the steam out of the pot if you will uh so we could go ahead and maybe put out a uh, maybe a, yeah, or a general question or um, an, an example. That's what I was going to say. What are some of the challenging parts? Maybe we could start off with that on presenting either a topic or a situation or maybe something you want to talk about with, we'll just go, since today it's me, my wife, my son, my daughter, Ruth and Gio. Um, is there difficulties in presenting or starting a topic with your mom, Ruth? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had to ask that uh, one. <laughs> it, it, it is uh -huh. just because I'm like, okay, how is she going to respond? Is she going to hear me or is she going to be upset? And a lot of times not just because I'm like, oh, this is what you're doing, mom. It's just, hey, I want to talk to you. But then she puts on like almost in a sense like a, I know what you need to hear advice cap. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm like, I don't need you to give me advice. I just need you to listen to me. So me, I have to navigate once we decide to talk. I'm like, I'll wait until after the end of the day, like nighttime, because she's an owl, right? So I'll, <laughs> I'll wait until it's super late. And then I'm like, hey, mom, what are you doing? And then she'll tell me what she's doing. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. And then I'll just go and sit down. I'm like, hey, so, so this happened today. And then I start telling her. And then usually if she's busy, she won't pay attention. So I can kind of get it all out quick. But if she's paying attention, she goes, you know, Ruth, you should really da 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 And usually we'll cut the conversation. Well, I think your, your thing too, like Ruth, she enjoy, she likes to vent a lot. And like, <laughs> it's not, not venting. Not I venting. just like to paint the picture. Okay, she paints multiple pictures with one brush. She though. gets that from dad. Well, oh. no, it's. Wait, oh, yeah. let me give you an example. So, like, I'll tell you, oh, dude, this happened yesterday. And it'll be something like, Atlas made this really funny comment. But I have to tell him the whole story leading up to that comment to give him context to make it more funny. But by the time I get to the punchline, he's like, you could have just said that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, but but I'm saying more like when you come like how you said 
when mom starts like, you know, this is what you need to do. I feel like a lot of it is where you just need to say stuff or vent. That, and I'm going to use that word. You need to vent. that word, but okay. <laughs> you need to vent, get it off your chest. And for me, like when we're at the shop and she's opening up or something, like she'll, she'll have a conversation with mom. And then I hear about the conversation with mom through Ruth. <laughs> And she's like, you know, I regret telling mom because, you know, she came at me. But then there's times there's times where mom's like or where she's like, you know, mom was right. You know, I didn't want to hear it, but mom's right. But don't tell her that, though. That's after she hangs up and (laughs) tells you. (laughs) Yeah. But I think for me, I think I just listen. Like, I don't even have to say anything. No, he doesn't. Yeah. So I just. mm -hmm, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just need Mm -hmm. eye contact. Yeah. That's it. I'm like, are you okay? It's fine. You're busy. Oh, it's fine. And he's like, no, no, I'm listening to you. I was like, yeah, but what did I say? And then he'll tell me. I'm like, okay, well, you weren't looking at me. Well, I'll be trying to work. <laughs> and you're just like <laughs> trying, trying to like vent, <laughs> vent to me. Dude, my boss is right here. I know. <laughs> well, one of the things that I, I, because I witnessed it a whole bunch here at the house, um, on how <laughs> he, uh, uh, a comment or a situation you share with mom, and then sometimes it ends up a little loud, and I'm in the other side, <laughs> the other side of the house, and I'm like, what just happened? But the part that I I actually see that is so amazing is that you love your mom so much that you're willing to engage in those conversations, knowing <laughs> they could be hot topics. No, that's that's yeah. I'm being that's honest true. because yeah. no, no, the love the has to be so deep. I'm yeah. the only one that's awake at the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I, I could probably easily that's see you guys being almost enemies yeah. if I was the outside looking in and didn't know the backstory. Yeah. I would think like, man, you guys are always at it, man. You guys are like fighting sisters more than a parents, you know, a parent daughter relationship. Yeah, but the good thing about it, well, well I was it's saying not a, a good, good thing, thing, but when I'm when we do have our conversations and we talk about it, I get frustrated at times because I feel like she doesn't let me say anything because. She, and, and you know what? I get where she's coming from because you just want to vent and you just want me to listen. And, you know, the truth is that that's something that I'm working on because I'm not always a good listener. And like you said, too, is I'm sometimes doing something and and it's not that it's well, sometimes it could be maybe the wrong timing. If you give me OK, give me or I could say, give me five minutes. Let me finish what I'm doing so I could sit down and engage with you mm-hmm. and listen and then, um, but at sometimes too, when we have those conversations, I assume I already got the answer, like you said, yeah. and I feel like I'm just waiting for you. And what happens is I focus on the answer so much that I'm not listening to you. Yeah, yeah. And so when it's time for me to answer it, you'll always respond to me, mom, you didn't hear what I just said. Yeah. And, and it's because mm-hmm. I was honestly focusing on the answer <laughs> and trying not to forget the so answer. So she's snitching on herself. So I wasn't paying, I wasn't really paying attention well, to the happens, conversation. What happens is that I'll share my thoughts and then she'll respond with her life story. And I'm like, and then she'll go in this whole thing, starting to talk about her. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> it, it was about me. And I'll tell her, wait a minute, when it gets somewhere, don't worry, it's yeah. gonna come back on you. But then I'll tell her what the story she's about to tell me is about because I'm like, I heard the story. Yeah. And she's like, No, you didn't, Ruth, you didn't. And I'm like, Mom, no, I did. And then I'll tell her, she goes, Okay, so what I'm trying to say though is, and then she goes in this whole thing. And as I've said before in the podcast before, my biggest thing is I just want to know that I'm being understood. And so if I don't feel like I'm understood, then I feel like you don't care enough to yeah, hear what so I have So not to just listening, but understanding. Yeah. like under, And even sometimes I, re, I really love when people repeat back to me what I was trying to say to make sure, okay, you get it. Yeah. You get it. And I think that's <laughs> the most important thing about conversations or learning to have a conversation is to, and I think that's the biggest thing. We all want to be understood one way or another. Mm-hmm. 
and then just um, in return, kind of like what, what, what one of our lessons we were supposed to be practicing from Doctor Doctor. Snitching on yourself <laughs> again. <laughs> snitching on myself, <laughs> but um, where it's like you really. What is the word sympath? No, uh, well, yes, you, in a conversation, like if somebody's going through something, you want to sympathize, meaning I feel for your situation, but it should gra uh, gradually. Uh, go over the bridge to empathy where you actually feel yeah, what they're feeling yeah. because that's taking it to a deeper level so that it's not being unnoticed uh, or you're not being numb. You're just getting caught up on the words, but you're trying to feel what they're feeling. Yeah. Is that just in marriage? Or no, no, that's no, in everything. No, I think it's in every relationship that yeah. you have. I think yeah. Do you like where it comes to um, like where you you're sympathizing? I think when someone's opening up, like how you're you're saying like, it's not about you, it's about me. I feel like yeah, that, that's so something bad, important for me. It was it's something where, like if I'm going through something and then you turn it like, you know, when I'm like doing, mm -hmm. or, I know you could still use that like, okay, this is how I process it. But like for me, I like you, I like it when people just, you know, just listen to me and, you know, okay, I, I get what you're going through. But when they don't turn it on themselves, if that yeah, makes yeah, sense, yeah. you know, because mm -hmm. I feel like some people want that spotlight to be like heard or understood because Ruth mm -hmm. that's her number one phrase like if I'm busy and I'm like trying to listen and then she's like y do you get it I'm like yeah I get it and then I'll repeat it and she's like no you don't you don't understand me <laughs> and so that's yeah. I know she gets frustrated with yeah, that she, what she's saying is don't just listen to me feel what I'm feeling yeah but I think like with you we've had conversations where I tried to be like okay where how can I relate to this because I almost feel like you need to relate to them in some cases, for them to feel like you understand what they're saying. Sometimes, not with you, but I'm just saying in general. Where I was like, oh, I've actually, you felt da-da-da-da-da. They're like, yeah. I was like, I went through the same thing. And then I shared. But with you, I literally have to either use your old, like, things that you've experienced to, like, use as advice. Or I have to use a Bible story. <laughs> To convey, oh, hey, Gio, this is what I'm trying to say. To make sure that you feel like yeah, well, I understand. One thing that um, we've learned, we'll give a shout out to Dr. Brandon Honeycutt, is that um, he was sharing that a lot of times when somebody's talking to you, and this is just important in any conversation, that when you're in a conversation with someone and they're sharing something that they're going through or maybe something that's sensitive and they're trying to get to some solution or resolution that we turn around and reiterate what they said. In other words, what I'm, what I'm hearing you say is, because then you're getting clarification on what they're saying. Exactly. And yeah. I think that's actually super important because the more we do that, then you, you don't wonder if they're listening, if they're paying attention, if you have, if you need them to stop what they're doing because you want their undivided attention because, yeah. hey, I need you right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, here, here's a question. Let's say, let's say somebody comes to you and they basically are coming for advice on how to process something that they're thinking about or one or like a thought, you know, how do you guide someone through the process without sounding like you're lecturing them or talking all of a sudden, bringing up yourself and blah, blah, blah. How do you help somebody walk through the process in conversation to help them process it for themselves because real quick to finish that because for me <laughs> if Listen I'm, and understand sometimes me. <laughs> when i'm going through something or experiencing something so, you know most of the time i get my answers by listening to someone help me process it so that's you easy. know what i'm saying so for 
I already know you probably know the answer. I'm just going to tell you what I think. Yeah, yeah. But it's usually advice that he gave me. So it's kind of dad. But I know like with you, mom, a lot of times you find your own answer. If you talk long enough. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you just, do. just keep mom talking. Yeah, just keep her talking. And then she's like, thank you, Lord. And yeah. But that's I know so with true. dad, like with you, you're always telling me like ask questions. Yeah. That's when what you ask say. questions, it oh, helps people nerd. get to, it helps people get to the answer quicker or sometimes quicker, but it helps them just to like kind of pick yeah. their own brain to help them get to that resolution. I think asking, yeah, asking questions. And I, I think for me, there's a conversation underneath the conversation. So I think listening to like, there's little subtle thing. You got to be really like paying attention. Like reading in between the words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like they could be saying one thing. There's certain people, if they're talking, I'm like, okay, there's something else underneath. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where like, you have to ask those questions to, I feel like there's always like, you have to ask the questions to kind of like dig it out. You know, I think that's probably the best way to and say And I it. think it's more impactful when you do it that way, because when you just tell somebody the answer, I think you could almost say that there's a little lack of appreciation on the the person that's needing the answer. But when they self-realize, I think it's a whole lot more because to me, you're giving them a tool now that they could start to practice for the next situation they're going through because you almost gave them tools on, oh, wow, I didn't really look at it from this point of view or I didn't think of it that way. And so as they start looking at these questions that you're throwing at them, Mm -hmm. then it helps them look at different angles on the next situation where not that nobody's needed, but they might be growing in their mind and and being able to process things a little easier because they have one more little tool in their tool belt on how to accomplish something or how to get from point A to point B. I also think too, though, from experiences that I've had where a lot of times I had to lean on the Holy Spirit because I was like, okay, help me to see between the lines to see, okay, what's the root of it and to kind of help pick it out without them feeling exposed. But it's like, oh, I'm realizing this for myself. And I think of the example with Lily back in the day when mom was like, mom was chatted up. She's asking her like all these questions and stuff. And Lily was going through, she knows I talk about her, so it's fine. Um, cousin. <laughs> my cousin. Yeah. Yeah. My little, my little, my big sis. She, so she was going through like a tough season. And so we went to her house and mom's trying to like get to the root of why she's feeling the way she's feeling. And so mom's going through like, okay, is it this? It's probably this da, 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 and helping her, you know, like, like kind of go through, okay, the checklist in her mind. Like, is this what's going on? And I was silent the whole time. I felt like dad. And I just looked at her and I said like one like question or something like that. And then she just started crying. And I, and I didn't know, cause I was more of a question with no answer. But she knew the answer and I knew it was the Holy Spirit because I was like, I didn't know to ask this question. But it was something so simple and she broke down. I was like, oh, okay, so that could have saved so much time. But I didn't ask the Lord until that moment where I was like, okay, Lord, I feel like we're just wasting time. And then he gave me that question to ask. Mm. I like that you said that because it's so true. And I see even with the dad when he's really quiet Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden he can say one or two words and that's it. It answered everything. for that person. And to me, it's like you said, leaning more on the Holy Spirit to give us understanding of what that person's going through instead of assuming, because you know what I think about it? I I don't think you can handle every single person the same way. Like what might work for this person in conversation might not work for this person. And I really do believe that you always need to have that discernment and leading of the Holy Spirit 
in those conversations. So I'm going to take that for me right now. That That's something that I'm going to work on and really lean on more of just being quiet and be a better listener and then just lean on the Holy Spirit to speak to me in regards to that person. Because like you said, instead of talking, 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 feeling like you're getting nowhere, mm-hmm. but then just saying that one thing that the Holy Spirit gives you that just, okay, that's all you needed to say. And, and I think too, like what you said about everybody doesn't have, not everybody will have the same answer. You could have 10 people in the ten, 10 same exact situations, but because people are spirit beings, there's a spiritual aspect to it that you have to keep in consideration. Because if we're turning around and thinking that the, there's a cookie cutter answer for every situation that looks alike, you're doing yourself a disservice and the person that you're trying to help because we're not robots. There's emotions involved. There's feelings involved. And that's part of the spiritual side of us being who we are as people and how God created us. And I know we've mentioned in other podcasts and even in Bible studies and stuff like that. But there was a guy, Smith Wigglesworth, that would always turn around and he, and the one biggest thing I learned from him is he'd have one ear engaged in the conversation and the other ear listening, okay, God, what is it that I need to hear? What is it that I need to see? What needs to be said? And that saves so much time <laughs> because it not so much that, you know, you're trying to hurry up to get to the answer, but you could get to the answer a lot. It's a little, the, the road's a lot straighter than going through all these side trails and all then exert so much energy getting to the same place. So I, I think that that's a good way to live and function and use that as a, as a way to, uh, what do you call it, engage in conversations because it could be a business topic, you know, regarding work. Holy Spirit could still tell you it doesn't have to be a church-related thing, uh, but in every aspect of our life, if we have one ear listening to God, one ear listening to the other person, it helps us sift through and get to the core of what what's at stake there, so that you could process things a lot quicker, a lot more true, and you'll be able to read between the lines and find out what's really being asked or what really is. Uh, the need here. Would you say that then that answers the question? Like, do you have to relate to someone to give them advice or to communicate properly to make them feel understood? I don't think so. Yeah. No, I I was just thinking right now as dad was talking is I think about how many people rely more on their knowledge and understanding of what they've learned in the process in life, or maybe by education or books. And they take that and use it when talking to someone, when I think that really every conversation should be always having that one ear to God or the Holy Spirit and one ear to the person when they're talking, because I think that you can have all the knowledge and everything. And sometimes I honestly, I'm guilty of it where I I feel like when in a conversation, I'm relying on the knowledge of what I know and I'm sharing it, right? Or I, re- or I rely on my experiences, but I have to understand that that person didn't go through maybe what I went through fully, right? Maybe the little bits and pieces that, you know, there is some truth though to maybe when you can, when you are able to relate to someone, because most people are more receptive mm-hmm. to hear you out when you have something that relates to what they're, they're going through, because some people in their mindset, especially people that, you know, deal with depression Mm -hmm. and things like that 
uh, their mindset and is where you don't understand me. You'll never understand me. You're not going through what I'm going through. You haven't experienced what I experienced, right? And so they've already cut you off because they don't feel that you can relate to them. But when you start sharing with them, no, I can relate to you. Mm-hmm. I've, I have experienced that. I've been through that. Mm-hmm. But now let me share with you how I got out of that. Mm-hmm. So I believe that relating does help, you know, mm-hmm. open up the person's mindset and heart to receive what you need to say, right? And prepare whatever the Holy Spirit's going to give you to share with them. But I think that sometimes we shouldn't, most people I think rely on, on their knowledge and, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and I was thinking about this because somebody shared this not too long ago. They were talking about how, you know, especially when you become a believer, you just spit out scripture after scripture and you can do that in a conversation and really they're empty words. They don't carry any weight because of it's coming from a place of knowledge and not spirit led or, or relationship that you have with God or God through you. Right. Because you're, you're relying on the knowledge on what, you know, not who, you know, I think it, Oh, go ahead. No, I was like, I think it helps to relate, but I don't think it's necessary anymore. Cause when I was growing up, I was, whenever I would, especially now in this season where I'm like helping lead other people, I've, used to think if I have the, if I had the same mindset now, I don't know how well my conversations would go because there's times where girls would tell me something and I'm like, Oh, I don't, I've never experienced that. And then I would feel ill prepared or I feel like, Oh, I can't help you. But then it took, it was actually when you told me that quote one year to heaven and in the conversation that I started to, okay, Lord, I can't relate to this, but you can. So show me how to navigate this conversation and I noticed there was more power in that than I could have ever had in relation. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I'm going to say something and then I'll explain why. I think the the thief of a fruitful conversation is pride. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, well, now let me explain why I say that. Because just in this conversation, I, I did exactly what I was just saying. I'm listening and I'm asking God, what, what, is there more to this? And he just shared that with me. That I'll say it one more time. Pride is a thief of a fruitful conversation. Okay, now I'm going to look at it on both sides. Here's the person that puts the guard up because you can't identify with them. Mm-hmm. They're saying, you know what? You can't, you haven't been through what I've been through. Mm-hmm. That there's a tone of pride that they're saying, I can't receive from you because you don't know what I went through. That's a, a form of pride. Now let's go to the person who's giving the counseling that wants to spit out the scriptures and all that. There's, God could still use the word, okay? So we can't say that there's no fruit from that or it's, it's not important. But to the person that just wants to it's pride. Mm. They just want to spit out their knowledge and what they know, what they've memorized, and hope that it fits mm-hmm. or that the hearer can interpret the the answer within those verses Mm -hmm. so that's why i say pride is a thief of a fruitful conversation Mm -hmm. so to me why i say you don't have to identify with them is because at the end of the day i think if i had to choose somebody identifying with me Mm -hmm. or someone actually concerned for my state that i'm in right now i would take the second So to me, if a person knows that you're concerned for their 
their their well-being in the conversation, I think that's the highest level of them being open to see what you have to offer them and point them in a in, in a way that there's 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 an answer or a solution that hey, okay, now I know what I should do. Because once you show and, and you articulate that I'm genuinely concerned, I got you got my full undivided attention. I'm listening with everything inside of me because I want to be there for you during this time. Mm-hmm. Once they feel that, who cares if you identify with them? Right. But we use that as a tool to qualify whether you can give me an answer or not. It goes back to the pride. So I have a friend who lost her mom. And I wanted to say something so bad to encourage her, but I had to use the leading of the Lord to be quiet because she was in a place where she did not want me to say anything. She didn't want anyone to say anything. She just wanted someone to sit and cry with her. And so I think there's power in knowing when to use the word, but there's also power and authority and wisdom in staying silent. One thing I like that you said as far as like sometimes um, not not, um, saying anything at the end of that conversation, that person's going to know you were there for them. Exactly. And yeah. that, that again, goes back to what I was saying, that that's the highest level is that they genuinely feel your love for them exactly. in their moment that they needed you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, we have the answer, sometimes we don't. And I think it's, it's wrong to feel that you're obligated to give mm-hmm. an answer. Yeah. When you really don't know the answer. Right. You don't yeah. know what this person's genuinely, you can't really empathize, like empathize with mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. they're going through because maybe you haven't. Yeah. But you know how how healing it is to say, you know what, I, I, I totally don't know what you're going through, but I want to be here for you. Mm-hmm. I want to uh, help walk you through this, this dark moment or this valley that you're going through right now. I, whatever that looks like, I want to be here for you, but I'm not going to lie and say I know what you're going through, I, what mm-hmm. you're feeling. And a lot of people, it goes back to pride. They, they don't want to say that because then I don't know the answer. And I think, too, on the other side of the person listening, you're giving them an opportunity to trust you. Yeah. That you're not just going to speak just because you want to speak. But it's like, no, I'm only going to tell you when I know there's something to be said. Yeah. I think being honest, like about uh, relating, I feel like being honest, like saying, hey, I don't know what you're going through. I think that's a big thing. And then like when people, when they say they don't care how much you know. Do they know how much you care? Do they know how much you care? I think just being a body. And being honest with that. And I think like how you're saying, slow to speak, um, quick to listen. I, I feel like that verse is always like in the back of my head when I'm any conversation. But I think too, where it becomes a, um, a negative side of it is where when you do pretend to have all the answers and they are, they're always coming to you. And then you, that goes back to pride where it starts to build you up. And like, oh, I'm, I'm the man who knows it all instead of leading them to someone or to God who knows the answer, you know, because there's sometimes like when you don't know the answer, you just got to point them to God and like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't want, I don't know if I like the term like, oh, you know, you should pray about it, but you know, I think you should. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, that's me. Awesome. So in closing or in wrapping up, uh, we just want to thank you for tuning in and listening. Uh, we hope that you took something from this and learning how to navigate conversations, whether it's with family or with friends or whoever you come in contact with. So we pray that this blesses you. Thank you again for listening and goodbye.